brothers and sisters i just came back from a lovely kind of pilgrimage with two other french dominican brothers from the province of toulouse and uh, one of them i knew from a few years ago from some studies in toulouse that i did a few years ago and he pointed out to me that today was the last um vision that saint catherine of siena had in saint peter's so saint catherine um, was from Siena, but she ended up a lot of her life in Rome um, due to so much of the, um, you could say, the life of the church of the time, obviously with the Pope and her life was so bound up with encouraging the Pope here in Rome uh, to to really uh, to improve his own spiritual condition and, and also to with advising him with things, matters of the church. And you could kind of question in one way how this woman in the, in her century um had gained such spiritual power but i suppose back then people kind of noticed the authority the spiritual authority that that people had and they really um appealed to it so so saint catherine had enormous spiritual authority even in her day that she wrote letters to to, to bishops and to, to to countless people and we have all her letters which is amazing uh you know she she wrote some fiery letters to to the pope and to 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 the clergy and to um and two big business families and and uh, you know she 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 was a big boss in many ways and uh but her love for the church uh was tremendous and and her last vision kind of had was in front of a famous fresco of Giotto famous artist Giotto and it was about Christ in the tempest on the storms um in the sea sorry in the boat asleep when um when sorry when the the apostles were in the boat and the storm came up and and Christ comes walking across the water and he St Peter gets out but in the vision she saw Christ coming out of the the fresco to herself so she fell into an ecstasy and St Catherine was privileged with many apparitions of Christ and even Mary Magdalene and Our Lady and um and she had, of course was had the whole experience of the the dialogue, which is called the dialogue or the book of divine providence, which was an ecstasy she fell into, and 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 she heard God the Father's voice, and she dictated this whole work from God the Father speaking in her soul. It's a, it's a piece of Catholic um, spirituality that is a masterpiece. But you know her concern for the life of the church, you know that she was concerned of the corruption in the church. That the church is, has always been mixed with sanctity and sinfulness. Um, you know, and, and, and she was so distressed over the, the state of the bark of Peter, the boat of Peter, the, the church, that, you know, it caused her great tears and stress. And, and she prayed so much for the renewal of the church. It gave her life for the renewal of the church, for the unity of the church. That So this vision that she had very much comes to the home of, of this great issue that she had in her life about praying for the, for the wholeness of the church, but loving the church. So this is a question for all of us to, to really ask God for a deep, deep love for the church because he created the church. The church is, as I've, I've always say, is more than just an institution. She's a living body of Christ on earth. She's something spiritual. It's a bride of Christ. And, and she's, she's often covered in dirt and she's ugly and, and people in her do all sorts of devious things. But in the midst of all that is the true church that Christ founded, is the, is the bride um, that, that Christ wants to call into glory. That, uh, that he wants to come from heaven to, to snatch, to bring up into heaven at the end of time. And so let's ask God for a love for the church, despite all the frailty that she has, not just in the clergy. Sometimes we just point our finger at the clergy and bishops and, and the very 
sometimes could even be lay people pointing the figure at, at the clergy as if the church is just the clergy. And, and sometimes we could forget that, that the laity are the church as well and how we live our life. Do we live poorly enough? Do we do we live with a spirit of, of charity? Do we share our goods with the less fortunate? You know, all these things mirror the church. And so so let's have a common concern to see the church renewed in her beauty with the evangelical zeal of the gospel, because that's what's going to save the world. People are deeply, deeply attracted to Christ, to, to, to his gospel. The problem is that, um, and even in my own life, um, it's, you know, it's, it's a struggle to really let that gospel be seen, to let the light of Christ be seen so that that light would be light and that would be, it'd be really the face of Christ. And, and when people see the gospel, when the people see the St. Francis's of Assisi's, the Mother Trees of Calcutta, even her beautiful sisters there today, or they, they see, you know, a holy theologian or whatever, you know, people's hearts are inspired towards that because they, they're attracted to truth. They're attracted to Christ, to the real face of Christ. So St. Catherine really wanted that face of Christ to be seen in the church. And so let us pray for that. Let us pray that the people will see the face of Christ in us, um, that we will pray for the renewal of the clergy. Um, we re renew, that the Lord will renew his whole church. And we know that just as Christ came walking to that boat with the apostles in the storm, that the Christ is coming towards us. And that, you know, he, he appears in the midst of disaster and he will speak those words of quiet, be calm. And then the winds went calm and the ocean went calm, which was an incredible event in historically that happened. So let's invite Christ into our life to calm the storms of the church, to calm our own storms. And let's wait for him to speak to us.